together. I'm not talking about cars and shopping trolleys. <laughs> <laughs> because we all know they exist. Uh, and yeah. I don't want to condone that, although I have caught some nice snapper from some <laughs> shopping trolleys. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Deep Drop, a fishing podcast that asks some tricky questions and answers in a way that, I don't know, it's just our opinion. I'm Luke McCredden, and with me as always, Adam Ring. Adam, we have a bit of a go. We have a crack. We, we try and make some sense of whatever we're about to answer, but um, I don't think we should muck around. I think we should just jump on in and have a go. Yeah, let's get into it. Buying a kayak more appealing? Now with current fuel prices through the roof. Well, it's a good question, Adam. Uh, And we should just, I suppose, kick off um, before we really dive in and reference the fact that fuel prices have jumped all over the place for the last few years. So at the time of recording this, um, late 2022, uh, petrol... I suppose on average around the place at the moment is around $1.90 in Victoria and I think similar up into New South Wales, So, which which is a fairly expensive price point at the moment. I'm, I'm hoping that someone in a few years listens to this in the future and goes, Jesus, it was expensive. It's only 80 cents now. How good would that be? Surely someone listens to it at some point and goes, oh, I remember that. Yeah, or they, or they listen to it and go, geez, that was cheap, which is frightening. Yeah, as well, oh, so. I hope not. But it, it, it is an interesting one, and, and let's be honest, the cost of fuel has been uh, the topic of many conversations around not just the fishing and boating industry, but just, I mean, it's life in general. Uh, there's yeah. been there's been a lot of commentary around, um, you know, bringing it back to fishing and, and, and boating around the fact that it is it halting people from going out fishing, and and, and in this question's case, is it make does it make it lean towards buying a kayak and getting out there and not having to worry about fuel prices? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. But at the same time, I do have to, in, in my personal opinion, um, around these conversations, it's not just exclusive to f- petrol ads. Everything's gone up. So it doesn't matter what you choose to do, it's an expensive exercise. However, a day out on the water now in a boat is pretty costly. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately we're in unstable times. Everything's going up. Cost of living is probably the highest that I can remember seeing it. Luke, and that's not saying that it hasn't uh, it hasn't been this high or even high before. Just the fact now that we uh, have to do the adult thing and we're looking after our own <laughs> outgoings, so it, you tend to pay more attention when it's your own money. But uh, it's listen, it's a great question, mm. but ultimately, ultimately, I don't think it's going to have much of a bearing on forcing or making people get into kayaks. I mean, I, I do fish out of a kayak. Um, that's how I've been fishing for the last few years in particular, and I quite enjoy it, but it does have its limitations and it's definitely something that's not for everybody. Now, maybe the younger demographic, they may head in that direction um, as they, you know, scratch for every dollar as most people are. But ultimately, I... I don't think it's going to push the majority of people this way. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You touched on a good point there that I think is is really important, and and it's the cost of 
accessibility because you know when you're in a kayak um yes you got access to some great areas and 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 great environments and great fishing spots but there's there's times that i've got no doubt that you've been in your kayak on the bay for example and you just go geez i wish i could just burn over there i'll be there in a minute and a half but other but now i'm like i probably won't go over there because i can't be bothered (laughs) or it's simply going to take too long so there's that there's that this is the thing that i've been thinking about with this question it's the balance of yes it's a more costly exercise being in a boat and paying for fuel and, and just ongoings in a boat obviously but the freedom you've got to travel to reach destinations that you otherwise wouldn't um, look, and and then I was thinking, oh no, but you know maybe in a river kayaks are equally equally accessible to the spots, but but you're not because if you think about where you can travel to in an estuary system in a boat in a day, there is no way in hell you can reach that distance or cover that distance in a kayak. So my mind keeps going back to okay, if it's going to cost you dot 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 amount a day in a boat does that do you think that is the value of of what you know getting to where you're going and at the speed you're going covering more ground is that dollar amount worth doing that as opposed to being a kayak which is costing you nothing to run but you're very very limited on where you can go yeah and i think that's always been the argument to and you know for kayaks as we saw the big boom of kayaks basically becoming little boats really with what they can do but i think like you're spot on if you have a look at what it's like here in and around melbourne the bays they dominate everything port phillip bay and western port they dominate the majority of the fishing where at the time of recording this we're just coming into snapper season and as much as i love going for a paddle out in the bay in a kayak it's not the most efficient way to catch a snapper or a whiting and not to mention it is so busy like it's it's ridiculously busy out on the bay and it's so it it comes down to safety as well mm. in a kayak uh, and there's a lot of kayaks and that are capable of going out to 14 15 16 meters and beyond if you want to but the fact of the matter is when there's four to seven meter boats cruising past if there's a little bit of chop on the water they're just not going to see you so yep. it becomes a little bit of that as well but for the sake of the question on will current fuel prices push more people towards kayaks? Ultimately, I don't think they will. No, it's a no from me too, Ads. And I think um, the other element of that is <laughs> kayak prices aren't going down. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. Still the price tag well, on some of them it's, lately? It's still, it's still cheaper than some boats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, but they are. They are getting up there. Yeah, and so, uh, such is everything at the moment. And that's that's it. that's the other part of it. It's like... Yeah, you know, again, as we're responsible adults now, Adam, we we do things like uh, we take the kids out for a day out at the movies and do whatever, mate. You come yeah. back from a day out with the kids and you've just burned a few hundred bucks without even thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so, and that's without paying for any fuel to get there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, no. I think. Look, I think. Um, I think we're both sitting on the same sort of page here, which doesn't always happen. Ads. We've we've gone no. opposite directions sometimes. You and I, but uh, it's it's that's. I'm I'm comfortable saying no. I don't think it'll be um, making people go down the kayak path over yeah, fuel. Are circle hooks actually better for catching? Luke, if I had 50 cents 
the amount of times I've been asked this question over my time when I was working in a tackle shop. I reckon I could have retired a few times over. A circle hook's actually better for catching. And I I hate answering this way, but I'm going to because it all depends on circumstance. But let's just take the most popular form of fishing in Melbourne for snapper, whiting. I'm going to say I don't necessarily think they are. Uh, I definitely understand their benefit. And I definitely understand when you would use them. But every single time I go snapper fishing or whiting fishing for that matter, they're never the first hook I tie on. Mm. I think they come into their own in deeper water. If you're deep dropping um, for anything, if you're in any more than 20 meters of water, 30 meters of water where striking becomes difficult, then circle hooks all the way. I think there's a there's definitely a purpose for it. But uh, I'm I'm not going to say, I'm not prepared to say that they're better for catching. Uh, you mm. know, I would still much prefer to use something that when I see a bite, I want to strike. It's just the way I was brought up fishing. It's the yep. way I feel more comfortable with. And I draw on an experience I had with one of our, our very good friends, Luke and Mitch Chapman. Not my friend, mate. Yeah, <laughs> your mate. <laughs> we, um, <laughs> we, we went whiting fishing quite a few years back and he was using a long shank hook at the time. And I was using a circle hook and I just watched him pole in three or four fish to one because it was the indecision on my behalf. I could see the bite, mm. I could feel the bite, and I didn't know whether to strike. I didn't know whether to let it go. They weren't hitting so hard that the rod was loading immediately. And the second I changed mm. back to a J-style hook, the second I felt a bite and could strike, we were going one for one. So listen, my, my answer could be based on a bad experience or an experience where they weren't necessarily the best because I know heaps of anglers that swear by them for snapper and gummies and that sort of thing. Mm. I just can't wrap my little brain around it. Luke, that's the honest truth. No, that's fair enough. And this is why we love fishing so much is so much of it is opinion-based and and what you're comfortable with and you're confident with. And and I've always said it and um, going thinking back many, many moons, Adam, when we were once in a working in a shop together, I used to say it to, to people all the time, it's, you know, what color lure should I get? Well, what are you confident with? You know, because yeah. that ultimately is what what will help. Um, it's a it's an interesting one because I think the circle hook thing, you know, you almost have to break it down into species a bit. And and I know you've done so there. And I I tend to agree with you with things like snapper and whiting. I think there's something to be said for look. I think in game fishing circles, pardon the pun, game fishing circles, circle <laughs> <Nice>. hooks. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. I'll take it. Um, Circle hooks are, are, are what he's used collectively around almost around the globe. And look, we should say too, and I think a lot of um, the reasoning behind people using them, and game fishing is a perfect example for for things like marlin and that sort of thing, is the release. And there's no doubt in the in the in my mind that circle hooks have a better mouth hook up, giving you the ability to release fish a lot easier. And I think that's proven over the years, whether it's scientifically or not. It it's certainly something that tends to be fairly accurate whether you're fishing for you know brim using a, a peeled prawn or, or a marlin um, on a light with a live bait I think the release rate is a lot higher and I think that's probably one of actually I don't know is that one of the reasons they were in sort of in manufactured invented yeah well, certain- I think they they do they originally come from well long liners and pro fishermen 
using them yeah, so that probably. they could release bycatch if need be. No, I think I think you might be right. But it certainly seems like in recreational fishing a great option for that sort of thing. Let's be honest. Going back to your point, you're fishing for whiting, mate. You're not releasing them. How does that The only way you're releasing it is if it's undersized. But but I think I think you know t- turning back to to my original point of breaking it down into species, and I think, but we're talking about we are talking about though are they better for catching? And this is where it's very a, a, a tricky one because, and we can only talk on experience, and you've spoken on experience for snapper and whiting that sort of thing. I was thinking today a little bit about kingfish, and I I have to say that I without even thinking now if I'm rigging a live bait, it is with a circle hook. That's just the, without even really thinking about it too much and there's plenty of good live bait hooks in that j style out there but i think you know just the situation the way they uh, eat a live bait and the way you fish for them it just makes sense and they just tend to work so i i think if we have to break it down or have to give an answer um based on experience it's probably a yes for me in a lot of cases but at the same time there's plenty of situations like you're you're saying there that is a circle hook better for catching a whiting, flathead, snapper? No, probably not. Yeah, I think the, the game fishing one's a great reference because I think those fish that tend to commit quite aggressively, uh, I think that's where circle hooks really come into their own. Mm. Something like a snapper, especially early in the season or late in the season when the bite can be really funny, and the same with a whiting. I mean, we've all had whiting uh, sessions where they're just ever so slightly just mucking around with a squid strip or a pippy or a mussel, whatever you're using. Whereas with a kingfish, it's either going to eat it or it's not. It might sit there yeah. and harass it and muck around and let you see it and it'll headbutt it a couple of times, but it's not necessarily trying to eat it. Once it commits, it's it's done. So that the circle hook has got prime opportunity to do its thing and catch the corner of the jaw. Whereas if something's being funny and just picking away at a bait or not quite sure if it really wants to wants to get it down, then maybe it's not the best option. But like I said from the start, for me, it just has to come down to experience. I just haven't fished circle hooks enough to work out, A, how to fish them, because I think to a point your technique and your, your willingness to strike and that patience on mm. when to pick it up and wind, it's all a technique thing. If you nail that, then I'm sure it's probably the best hook you've ever used in your life because you can release mm. undersized fish. Gut hooking doesn't become an issue majority yeah. of the time. I just haven't given it that time to hone the craft of it. But yeah. I don't know. I I won't necessarily say it's better for catching, especially for our Melbourne-based species. I suppose the other way of thinking about something like this is what you sort of mentioned it earlier on in this piece is that if someone asked you, would you put them – like someone was asking you tonight about – that that is a beginner about a hook for a snapper. Are you turning them away from a circle hook? Yep, hundred mm. percent. Yeah, well, there's your 100%. answer. You are hundred percent. You are, you are it, definite. Listen, it, do you know what? It might it, it might even be easier though to talk a first timer or a, or a real uh, like beginner to fishing. It might be easier, like circle hooks might be a little bit easier because. They don't need to time the strike. They can just leave the rod in the rod holder and wait for it to load up and off it goes. But mm. ultimately, I would still be, I would be recommending a J hook because yeah, that's to me that's just part of it. You identify the bite and you pick it up and you stick the hook and that's just the way I've always felt comfortable with it. 
The thing that was really difficult early on with Circle Hooks for me was the idea of leaving it, knowing you, watching yourself getting bites and leaving it. Like that yeah. was so unnatural. Oh, I just you. wanted to grab the rod <laughs> and sink that hook in. I don't care whether it was a whiting or a, or a snapper. I just wanted to drive that hook into its mouth. Yeah. It's, the best, it's the best part of bait fishing if you ask me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, look, uh, this is a... This is a bad answer because this isn't what we're about, but I'm on the fence because I think there's situations that I just think they actually are better for catching and I also think the situations they're not. So shoot me, whatever. Yeah, well, this one solely it literally does, this question comes down to personal preference. It really yeah. does because I'm sure it would be a 50-50 split between people that swear by circle hooks and those that would prefer to fish a traditional J or suicide style hook. So... This is a perfect one. This is a perfect one. Ads for Instagram. Get on the oh yeah, get Instagram page. There'll be a tile there with this exact question: Are circle hooks actually better for catching? Jump into the comments. Doesn't matter whether you're listening to this five years down the track. Jump in there and let us know. know. Yeah, because I'm willing. Because I'm willing to say on record, no, they're not better for catching. Mm. But I'd love to be convinced otherwise. Yeah, good, good work. Righto. Well, let's let's hear those comments on Instagram. Do you agree with man-made artificial reefs? Well, I mean, I, I struggle to see a negative in this. I have not spoken to you about this previously, Ads, and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on it because I'm struggling to find a negative about man-made artificial reefs. Now, I do want to say, though, <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking and thinking about professionally cre- um, installed uh, you know, by the right authorities, whether it's fisheries or, or parks or whatever it is that put these together. I'm not talking about cars and shopping trolleys. <laughs> <laughs> because we all know they exist uh, and yeah. I don't want to condone that, although I have caught some nice snapper from some <laughs> shopping trolleys. <laughs> but we're, we're in this instance, we're talking about... Um, you know, environmental artificial reefs, um, you know, that are professionally done. It's done properly by the government and the right people that do it. I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't see a downside. Prove me wrong if, if that's the side you're sitting on ads, but uh, I, I like it. That you're 100% spot on. If it's done in a way that's environmentally friendly. So have a, yes. so have a look at the current reefs that we've got in recent times in Port Phillip Bay. So Yakka Reef, Tedesco Reef and Rec Reef, they all went in 2009. Well-established, loads of growth, uh, natural products. Like it's it's not, there's no detriment that that can have on the bay. But the one that's going to be really interesting, Luke, earlier this year, a reef system went in down near Port Phillip Heads, particularly for kingfish, Mm. And there was a couple of reasons that the VFA did it. It's not a small structure. There, the, There's 16 huge concrete pyramids, basically. Mm. And it's more to try and bring the kingfish into an area that's going to keep wreck boats out of hazardous areas and getting involved in shipping channels in the rip, which has been a problem in kingfish season over the last five or six years. Yep. I I can't see how this is a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. 
They don't just pick a spot and start dropping these structures in. Everything's done with purpose. Everything's done with scientific backing. Everything's done with um, structures that are not going to damage the environment. I'm I'm with you. I I cannot see a negative. I'm sure there's probably something I'm overlooking, but I cannot see a negative in this sort of project happening. Well, this is what I sort of scratch my head at is what am I missing? Because it it baffles me to think that there'd be a negative. There probably is someone, no doubt someone's got an issue with it at some stage because that's the world we live in now. Everyone's got an issue with something. Um, But the thing is too, that that you were just talking about bringing them and putting them in in areas to get boats and, and traffic away from particular areas like a shipping channel for example that's just smart as well you know because yeah i think a lot of people too and and there's the offshore reefs been installed um inshore you know in the bays and stuff and i know new south wales have done similar things over the years but i think immediately everyone in the recreational fishing world think of fishing opportunities which is great because that's ultimately what it does do but there's more to that as well and i think you know just even habitat restoration, some of it, it um, expands beyond just the just the structure it is, and and creates all of a sudden it, it sort of spreads and creates this new habitat, and in turn, fish reproduction population increases with fish species and and other species too, like whether it's crustaceans and you know mollusks and whatever it is, bait fish, like it's 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 helping um, areas that partic- that that might not only need it but also were once good and, and maybe lack that just need a bit of a boost you know just need a bit of a kick up the butt to get going again and mate it's proven that it's it's been successful um and you know you only have to look at some of the some of the uh results uh, vfa are a good one to jump on their socials and have a look or their website and there's some photos of some of the species that are down there that are all of a sudden back in areas they weren't whether it's a kingfish or it's a you know a leather jacket or you know some, something yeah, like that um, yep. Yep. which is might not seem as exciting, but ultimately it's a great sign and it's actually a really important thing that these are working. So, you know, without just dismissing it too easily, like do you agree with man-made artificial reefs? Absolutely, as long as it is environmentally friendly and accepting of the area they're putting in it, and then absolutely, absolutely. Yep, it's a, it's a solid yes from me and they're not just, plonking them in the middle of the bay there's there is some man-made structure around that's been put there for land-based fisheries i know the ballerine peninsula received one uh, was either early 2022 i think maybe even late 2021 but there's uh some down there's there's shellfish reefs that have been put in which are solely Mm -hmm. done as habitat restoration yeah um they they went into you know one of them went into port phillip bay only in 2022 some stage so it's it's a big program. Listen, and it it probably can be pushed overboard, but I just don't think we have, I don't think no. we have a irresponsible fisheries management sort of situation there that are just going to go dropping all sorts of things in the bay. They're very environmentally mm. conscious, so they should be. And as, yep. you know, I think they're definitely doing a good thing. And I'm with you, Luke. I can't, I cannot see a downside. I really can't. I cannot see a downside to it. That's a pretty convincing yes from both of us, Ads, and that's uh, that's rounding out the the episode. And I would just like to say a big thank you to everyone who have jumped on board this episode and, and other episodes. Make sure you get back and have a listen to some of the others. And a big shout-out to our special guest reading the questions tonight for us. That was Ari, my son, seven years old at the time. Thanks, Ari. 
It's a lot of fun ads. This is just our opinion. We would love more than anything to hear your thoughts on Instagram. Correct. So get over the deep drop on Instagram and tell us. In the meantime, if you like what you've heard, subscribe. Tell your friends. You know, give it a bit of a give it a bit of a share. Give it a bit, a bit of love and uh, <laughs> and and hang around because there's more of this uh, coming in the future. Thanks for listening.